Listeners are advised that this podcast contains very strong language from the start, including scenes of an adult nature. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, for fuck, fucking sake, what's fucking wrong with these people? Ah, oh, my God, it's so fucking stupid. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. Fucking fuck, Steve. Fuck. Oh, I don't, I really, I'm so fucked off. Uh, I mean, fuck's sake. I mean. Right. Hello. Welcome to episode 17 fuck. of Cake Watch. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, I'm Steve Bullock, an ex-negotiator for the UK in the EU. Uh, I'm quite fucked off, I have to say. Um... And I'm here. Also, uh, I'm here in a personal capacity, and I'm here with fuck. <laughs> and I'm here with uh, Chris Kendall. Um, I'm, I'm a I'm a Eurocrat, but I'm definitely fucking definitely not here in a personal capacity this evening. No, I am here in a personal capacity. I'm not definitely. here. Again. <laughs> I'm not representing my employer in any. In, and my employer does not endorse the content of this fucking podcast tonight i'm um, sorry chris i've just uh, you might have to say that again because I've, I've just received a message from cake watch legal department asking you to reiterate that point <laughs> uh i i am employed by the european union as a civil servant however i participate in this podcast in a strictly personal capacity thank you they needed those actual words thank you chris so has anything happened this week no, it's been quite a week. <laughs> quite yeah, well, isn't it? Not I mean, much. so we we recorded on Wednesday last week, and then we thought we were like we thought we were so clever because we yeah thought, we thought we had the oh, hot take. We're the first ones in with a hot take on the amazing Labour amendment that's going to change the entire game. I stayed up all night to make sure we got that hot take out. You did. You stayed I up did, all yeah. night so that we could get that podcast out on the Thursday morning. And be the first podcast on Brexit podcast to talk about the amazing Labour amendment that changed everything. The first niche podcast in a in a tiny niche of podcasts <laughs> on a niche issue. The amendment that blew everything <laughs> wide open and changed yeah, everything. I mean, Jesus, everything's changed now. Everything's changed. It's a brave new world. What an amazing hot take. We yeah. we wow. We're amazing. I'll never get the. I'll never get that. I'll never get that night of sleep back, Chris. I'll tell you what. I'm, you know what? You know what? I think we've had enough of experts. Yeah, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> or at least. But it was great. But it was great. The whole, the whole, the whole Brexit Twitterati, apart from a few very savvy commentators who spotted it for what it was, went completely apeshit over it, yeah. and it's made not the blindest bit of difference. Well, um, what it what it's done? Well, <laughs> well, it, we, it, it might have actually, it might have done. Uh, no, I don't think that. No, I don't think the vote on the EEA would have gone through anyway. No, so. no. I mean, are, are we? Am I going to 
try to pretend that we had got it all right and it was uh, no I, I probably won't no <laughs> we didn't i didn't i, I, I didn't no. get it right i i um i thought I that, you, you, know, what, you never look you, you never look stupid if you're a bit cautious about stuff at first no that's what i found yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just not in my nature it's not, it's just, it's not how i roll steve <laughs> indeed not <laughs> so for what yeah so well i mean as, as we say it's been a quiet week but let's very quickly because we what, obviously what we're going to talk about is um what's been happening in parliament the last couple of days that, i mean with that's a podcast several podcasts in itself but we should yeah. just very quickly catch up on where we are because after that earth-shattering seismic um intervention from the labor front bench the, i think you tweeted this is huge didn't you this is huge oh my god <laughs> this is massive um yeah <laughs> it wasn't anyway so yeah there was a story that was lost in amongst all the other stories yesterday where um our beloved senior source in the european commission leaked i think this time to business insider um um that the labor amendment was just more cakeism which we did say that it sounded a bit like cakeism but we thought well, hang on a second. i mean keir starmer is too clever to do that surely keir starmer won't won't be yeah. uh, delivering cake uh, to us i mean he, he he must be doing something really super clever and a bit behind the scenes and this is actually actually a really clever way for labor to occupy the remain ground and yeah, yeah. it wasn't was it Keir Starmer has this reputation of being yeah. very smart. Right? I think we need, need to perhaps start revising that. Revisiting yeah, maybe, that. maybe, maybe just maybe just put it under review for a while. Where he's on special measures. Next one. Um, or bullshit. Yeah. So what's happened in a week? Goodness me. So um, then it was. Yeah, I can't even remember. I mean, I can't remember. I put it's these so notes long ago, down. In breakfast time. The, you know, oh yeah, it was Bor- Boris saying. It was Boris <coughs> being leaked. <clears throat> Saying, um, <clears throat> saying, oh yeah, Donald Trump would be better at doing this whole Brexit thing than than, than we are. Yeah, and wow. that there was, um, and that there was, uh, what did he call it? A meltdown to come. Yeah, a meltdown to come. Yeah, but it'll all be worth it. Yeah, it'll and all be worth all it. Gotta, really... know, keep you keep your nerve, people, because you know. Yeah, it'll all be. It'll all be. There will be a meltdown. It will be fucking awful, mm. but it'll be worth it for some non-defined games in the future but you see the maoist side yeah. of hard of hard oh, yeah. here, you know oh yeah it's absolutely Sma- cultural revolution smash it all fucking down yeah you know? yeah yeah Probably little, cultural revolution little, yeah i mean this is really you really see the side of it oh it's just it's it's astonishing and he is um he is a cock juggling <laughs> oh i'm gonna have to beep that out again we did put <sighs> a disclaimer in we did yeah i know there's something about that though that's just too extreme for our audience i think yeah he he's oh um, and apologies to listeners for missing a beep last week (laughs) he did um which has been noted on twitter but um there was uh uh laura was speaking at the time and i couldn't be we were using one microphone so i couldn't beep out chris without beeping out laura yeah and laura was making a good point so i didn't want to i did twice so i do apologize to i did get I i caught one of them so that was yeah. half the offence, I well, think, well, which is I good. I did twice say. call our government a shower of... Oh, here we go again. <laughs> Jesus. And one of those... One one time that I did that, you, you failed to catch it. But, yeah. um, no, about Boris. So, yeah, he he, um, he thinks... Having, having 
as the mayor of London, having said all sorts of very disobliging things about Donald Trump, now he um, doesn't seem to think so badly of him. And as foreign as our foreign secretary, thinks that he would actually do a better job of negotiating Brexit than um, than he himself, Boris Johnson, and his own government colleagues would and are. And I, this is extraordinary because, of course, Donald Trump, if he's known for anything, is is he's known for the fact that he is utterly incapable of uh, respecting international law or uh, yeah so yeah is that really yeah the the model that our foreign secretary chooses to, for, for for these brexit negotiations yes yes it would be yeah. yes uh, um, what else we got? we've got the 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 uh 183rd non-resignation of David Davis. So David Davis is famous. He's a famously he's famous not so much for his intellect as for his principles, which is what David Davis himself says about himself. So David yes. Davis may not have been employed as a minister for his intellect and his brains and his expertise and his experience and his knowledge and, and his work rate. No, but he he's been employed for his character and his uh, his principles. And he is indeed the MP that resigned. Um, over an issue, what was it? ID cards or something. He resigned over an issue. No, it was over it was data ID. protection, wasn't it? Yeah. And he resigned and he stood in a by-election and was re-elected because of course he was because it was a safe seat and he knew he was going to be. So what he actually did was he ended up costing the taxpayer several uh, quantities of money, vast yeah. quantities of money simply as, as a little, uh, for throwing his toys out of the pram. But he was, he did resign once. Mm-hmm. However, however. He also took, he also took Theresa May to court. Yeah. Which, you know, many of us would like to do. Indeed, many of us are yeah. doing. <laughs> I have to say, at the time, I thought that was quite a good weave, actually. But, so, yeah. No revisionism here. I did admire him for that at the time. No, I've, I've always... I mean, he's always been a massive Brexit, so I've never been super keen on him. Uh, and I've no. always felt that there was a little bit of a showboating going on. But, yeah, so he hasn't, he hasn't resigned <clears throat> over issues that he said he would resign over. And he still hasn't. He still won't. So anyway, yeah. yeah. I thought somebody set up an account, has David Davis resigned yet? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I wonder who that was. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know, will we? Never mind. It's a mystery. Wrapped in an, in an enigma. <laughs> um, and then uh, the, uh, my third bullet here is, is actually related to the to the David Davis. It's, um, well, you're going to have to help me out here because, um, as you know, I'm blocked by Nadine Dorries. Sorry, please give her a correct title. As I've written it... <laughs> Oh, Nadine fucking Doris. Yeah, Nadine yeah. fucking Doris. Um, yeah, you've been blocked by Nadine fucking Doris because you um, had the good sense to um, rile her to the point that she blocked you. Yes. Um, Nadine fucking Doris um, issued a tweet saying, you don't want to mess with David Davies. He's been in the SAS. He could take he takes people out. He could take you out, which is a wonderful, constructive contribution to our democratic process. Um, of course, <laughs> turns out that yeah, he was David Davis was in the SAS, the territorial SAS. He was in the territorials for a very brief period uh, of <laughs> distinguished service, in which he, at among week, other things, at weekends, yeah. at weekends, <laughs> in which he, among other things, he was responsible for managing a <laughs> fake <laughs> ambush where he set his squad up <laughs> on either side of. A track so that they would have all shot each other had they been using live rounds. <laughs> Which, if that isn't an analogy for Brexit, I don't know what is. 
<laughs> no, but he used the analogy as well. He yeah. said that he said that the EU was shooting itself was shooting itself in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> Man who invented shooting himself in foot <laughs> accuses others of shooting himself in foot. Oh God, it's just uh, brilliant. Dear. But uh, somebody, I can't remember who it was. Somebody tweeted. It was probably David Allen Green. Tweeted uh, tweeted a, a scene, the scene from uh, from Pulp Fiction. Uh, where uh, Marcellus Wallace asks uh, uh, John Travolta's character to take out, take his wife out. <laughs> he's like, "What do you mean, take him out? Yeah, <laughs> take her it? out?" He's like, "No, <laughs> take her out for dinner." You know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and there were all this stuff about how David Davis took Nadine Dorries out for dinner once. You know, and that's what she was talking. That about. was that was it was. I mean, these these sort of ridiculous statements and comments are, of course, a gift to Twitter, and they do bring us pleasure in these dark days. And I think but... it made BuzzFeed. I think lots of people we yeah. know made BuzzFeed yeah, 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 as well, yeah. which is always fun. Which yeah. is always fun, exactly, yeah. So, um, but, um, yeah, um, what was it? And then, of course, he, he did actually rock up to a negotiation session in Brussels, didn't he, for the first time in several months even. Yeah, but, but then was uh, bundled out <laughs> yeah. of the back door. The only reason we know that is because the pap- he was papped running out of the back papped, door. Yeah. While yeah. Michel Barnier was going out to brief the press, he fucked off out of the back yeah. door. There was, this brilliant, there was this brilliant photo as well by, uh, what's the BBC, uh, the BBC correspondent called, who, um, who, who happened to be getting croissants at the same time. Oh, I don't uh, know. Who was as, that? As, as, did you not see this? Uh, yeah, Michel, Michel Barnier had 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 bought oh, yeah, croissants to yeah, have. Oh yeah, yeah, and he had the exact change. Yes, and there was actually there was actual proof that he'd gone across to Exeter across the road from uh, the Berlimont and um, <laughs> and got them himself. And you do think like well, that must have been my Exeter. Oh no, the other one on Charlemagne. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But then you think yeah, yeah, you should you should have people to. Should should have people to do that for me. You should have sent sent Stefan out for them or something. Well, you'd have thought so, but then on the other hand, it does sort of it, it, pr- it provides that little human touch that, that that helps to grease the wheels of negotiation, as we know. Um, yeah, yeah. However, having said that, apparently he he actually took he took loose change with him instead of his bank contact card, which would have annoyed absolutely everybody else in the yes, queue. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's a very precise person, isn't he? Well, yeah, o- overly legalistic. Yeah, <laughs> British press say. But. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's the that's the roundup yeah. of uh, everything that happened up until Tuesday. Yeah. In fact, it's not even everything that happened. I mean, more. It's very far from. And there's stuff that we abject, can immediately abject yeah. fuckery happened during this time as well. So. Yeah, it's what we can remember. I mean, I, I spent most of the um, I spent most of the time between last Wednesday and yesterday cowering in a corner, hugging my knees, rocking backwards and forwards, and keening. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, I went out into the streets of Excel and found a void to howl into. So, yeah, alternate. You know, same, same idea, different method. You know, there we go. Um, so, should we talk about uh, the big news of this week, uh, which is the withdrawal bill? The absolute fuckery that occurred oh, over the last forty-eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was me. There was me on on when was it Monday? On Monday, yeah. there was me drafting um, high moral ground, wordy uh, emails to my MP, which I shared on Twitter. And everybody, please, you know, feel free to copy and and, and yeah. use yeah. this by all means. And, oh, fucking hell! Yeah. This is going to be difficult, actually. So you know, well, look, okay, let's start well, from let, this. Okay, let's do it. Well, firstly, <laughs> firstly, the firstly the firstly the government gave uh, what six hours was it in two chunks or two days? Yeah, two afternoons. It should be said. Yeah, 
two afternoons to discuss all of the Lord's amendments. That took how um, long? The ha- how long did the Lords have to prepare these amendments? Oh Christ! I actually thought it was hundreds of hours. Yeah, it was. It was literally hundreds yeah. of hours. It was. It was yeah. several weeks, wasn't well, it? It was, hundreds it was certainly of hours. over a hundred hours. And how long has the um, how long has the government had to prepare its Brexit uh, position and, and the withdrawal bill? Uh, it's 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 had nearly two years. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and what other business have they got? What other urgent business have they got in in the House of Commons? Absolutely, fuck all. Right. So why was it they had to do all of this in the space of 12 hours flat? Who the fuck knows? Well, we do know, actually. It was the closed-down debate. Yeah, Yeah, we know exactly what it was for. It was done to mind Parliament and closed-down debate. Yeah. Yeah. So I was was actually busy um, yesterday doing, you know, work. Um, Mm. But I'm in a little WhatsApp group with you and a couple of our friends where it just kept pinging. Hugh WhatsApp group being hacked, by the way. Oh, oops. <laughs> that end-to-end encrypted, mate. But, um, yeah, we were... I was getting pinged every few seconds with updates of what was going on, and it was it got increasingly sweary. <laughs> yeah, it did, yeah. And in the end, I was just like, oh, you know what? I just... I'm, I'm just so depressed. I'm, I'm, I'm so depressed. Now, of course, I'm... We might all no. You, you, you came in and and I'm not going to make the mistake that I well actually I did make the mistake that I did last <laughs> week, which is like I came in with a hot take and and obviously if one thing listeners should know is that if you are so fortunate as to see a hot take from me in the immediate aftermath of a breaking new news development, what you need to, what you need to understand is that what I said is wrong, and you should whatever I say think the opposite. This isn't a very good advert for this podcast. Oh, no, it's not. Well, you're the expert. I'm just the, I don't know. I'm, I'm the straight guy. The, is that the right? The, no, that's you're not. saying I'm a funny guy? What do you mean funny? <laughs> so, so the, I mean, for anybody who's been asleep for the, or had, or frankly had much better things to do this week, the, there were several important amendments that come back from the Lords. Um, there was the amendment on the EA, uh, which was well, basically scuppered by uh, Labour's amendment yeah. um, on something. Yeah. That, <laughs> basically, the single was the full, one, access yeah. to the sing, full access to the single market. The, the unicorn amendment. But without lots of things. Um, so that was basically scuppered by that. The uh, customs union amendment, uh, which was actually not that strong anyway. I mean, I don't think that amendment was enough to keep us in the customs Is union that the anyway. If it happened, yeah, yeah. Well, that got, that got through, but it was amended. No, no, way. not the pattern one. No, the yeah. pattern one was on Northern Ireland that got oh, through. Oh, sorry, 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 yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we can, we, can, we, can, we can talk about that. Or you can see uh, Katie Hayward, who's done some uh, brilliant stuff on this. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Can I make a recommendation? I, mm-hmm. recommend, I recommend that you go and listen to a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I suspect that Romaniacs will have had... Absolutely. Yeah, Romaniacs is out on Friday. So I mean, people, they can, they can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Romaniacs we, can talk about We're going to outsource our expertise to Ian Dunn, and we are just going to just talk. Yeah, yeah, but they'll have, they'll, they'll, have, they'll have looked at that in some depth and, you know, considered it carefully, so we'll leave that to them. Um, uh, but the really, the really important one, in my view, was, uh, and lots of people's views, was uh, the 19. Meaningful Vote Amendment. Uh, which I think was really, really important. I mean, I think this was very important. Um, 
So the government, very briefly, the government had promised uh, a meaningful vote in the Commons and had then said, of course, a meaningful vote means uh, that you'll be voting for the whatever deal comes back, withdrawal agreement and the accompanying future framework, uh, framework for a future relationship. You'll be voting for that or... Uh, or no deal, mm. and that's what you get. And uh, of course, naturally, I think uh, MPs, uh, the Lords, didn't think this was this was good enough. It's also actually not true for for reasons we can go into later. It's still not true, actually. Um, so, uh, so the idea was that there'd be a series of deadlines. The first one being that if the uh, withdraw if the that there would be a motion on the withdrawal agreement that would be binding, if that wasn't passed. Uh, then the House of Commons could, uh, well, actually the House of Commons and the Lords Parliament could uh, direct the government in its actions to take. And of course, that means, you know, they could uh, they could ask for renegotiation um, or they could uh, try to insist on a referendum or they could even uh, revoke Article 50 in extremists, although there might have been legal problems with that, but they would need to be, they would need to be sorted out at the time. Um Okay, and the the second requirement was that if Parliament hadn't passed the bill needed to implement the withdrawal agreement, which is a separate bill, um, by the end of January 2019, um, the same thing would apply. Um, or if no agreement had been released, rele- uh, if no agreement had been reached by the 28th of February uh, 2019, again Parliament would be able to direct the government in what to do. And I mean, presumably, especially in, in the case of this last one. Presumably, they would instruct the parliament. Uh, they would instruct government to uh, ask for an extension or to revoke Article Fifty. So um, there was very clearly a, a majority in favour of this amendment uh, in the House Commons. So Dominic and Dominic Reeve uh, proposed a sort of compromise amendment, um, which changed a you know changed a, a, a few things, but were, was relatively small um, in that, you know, uh, if there wasn't an agreement by the end of November, a minister would have to move a motion uh, about how it would proceed, <clears throat> which would then require, which would then require the approval of the, of, of the, of the commons. Mm. So, you know, it, 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 it changed the, the initiative from, from, from the commons having the initiative to instruct to a minister having to get consent for the, for the way forward at that point. Now, what seems to have happened is that the government during proceedings in the House of Commons and at times across the floor negotiated for the rebels not to, uh, not to vote again, not to vote in favour of the Lord's mm. Amendment, uh, or in favour of the the Grieve Amendment, uh, instead saying that they would bring an amendment back to when it goes mm. back to the Lords next week, uh, which would reflect the concerns and so on. And they yeah. they, they they gave some language. Now, the the Tory rebels thought that the A, B, and C, A and B, i.e., that. Uh, the government would have to seek approval of the House of Commons for the agreement, and that if there was no agreement, they would have to come to the House of Commons and get agreement for the uh, for the for the course of action they proposed. They thought that that was agreed, yeah. and that they were going to talk about the No Deal Amendment yeah. with a view to having something something there. Yeah. And then number ten appears to have just blown it out of the water yeah, and said, "No, own. none of that was agreed." Yeah. And um, the key quote being, 
uh, the the parliament will not tie the hands of the government, which is a remarkable thing to say. So there are two schools of thought. There's um, the school of thought, which is the the rebels. Well, there's school of thought one. So there's one A and one B. <laughs> school of thought one is that the just rebels like the, were, the yeah, the rebels were played. Um, that they were basically just played. And one is, you know, one A is that they were willingly played because basically they didn't want to rock the boat. They just didn't. Just, they just were scared and they, they just didn't want to be those those guys so they just like wanted an excuse to 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 just welsh on the whole thing and one b is that no they were actually genuine they genuinely believed this but they were fools and they were conned so no that's school school of thought one and then school of thought two is um oh no this was all a cunning plan because what they've done is that they've um they know that they can come back with with this again next week what they've done is they've basically snookered the government. They've caught them out. They've shown that the government is uh, not to be relied upon. It's untrustworthy. It's yeah. untrustworthy. And, and that way, when this comes back again, they'll have even more rebels and they've got even less reason to, to, to listen to the government and they'll, they'll, they'll get this through more easily next time around. So which school of thought are you? I think they've been had. You're one but, B? But, but I think they've been had. It's not quite either. I think they've been had, but I think they've been had knowing that they have a second bite of the cherry in the Lords. Well, that's... that's I well, hang on. Now, you, now that's cakeism. You want one, eight, you want one and two. I, well, I think, it's a com- I think it's a combination of the two. I think they... Oh, my God. Uh, I think, well, I think they expected, they expected May to stand by the agreement. Ladies and gentlemen, that they, Kate watched live. Which they they had. No, no, but which which they thought that they had. I think they really thought that they had it. And, I mean, if they're party leader, you know, I, it's hard not to... It's hard to it's hard to say outright, I don't fucking trust you to do that to your own party leader. I get that. And they'd been promised this. There were apparently 14 people in the room, uh, very sensible, <laughs> 14 very... Lots of them very, very sensible that we know are sensible. Yeah, we know exactly. sensible. We know that Justin Greening's sensible. Yeah. Um, I think I think they they decided that they they had to give it a shot, but they knew that they had a second bite. That they knew yeah. they'd get the Lords to reinsert the amendment, or they'd get the Lords to bring the Grieve amendment, which I think is probably what will happen. Yeah, and they'd get a second bite at it through the ping pong process. So, um, I don't think they did it specifically to show the government up as untrustworthy. Right. But I think they provided the. I think they they in good faith. Yeah. Uh, right. Left the door open. So it's one and a half. So they, they they did it, um, but they they knew that if they they walked into it knowing that there was actually an escape route, then you know if it is a trap, we can still escape this trap. Yeah, yeah, and it, and I think it was a trap. I don't think there's any yeah. doubt that it's a trap. That it was a trap. But then if they, they did I mean, it, they did it knowing that, and, and knowing that if they they were fucked over, then. Um, then the just, justification for coming back on it was even greater. But then, if yeah, they know that, then the government knows that. But as somebody commented, uh, it's about getting through the day. It's about it's always, get, it was about it's it was about term. getting through the day and yeah, it was about getting through the day undefeated. So what do they do and, next week? Well, <laughs> they'll try and do something to get through that oh, day. Jesus Christ! Really? Fucking I think hell. that's that's the, that's the fucking. Uh, this is a, it's at this point that we need to listen to our we need to pay attention to our listeners and deliver on what's been asked of us, and we now need to say "ars" in a West Country accent. Ars. Ars. 
I mean, seriously, this is a yeah. load of arse. Uh, it's, I mean, it's absolute, absolute bullshit. I mean, what a fucking way to run a country this is. No, seriously. Honestly. I mean, seriously, we're, 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 we're sitting, we're having the beers, we're, we're... But this is... This is, this is cacistocracy. This is government by the very worst of us. But I think it goes even further than that. I, May said in PMQs today that she will not countenance the government's yes. hands being bound yes. by, parliament, by parliament. Which is an executive coup. This is... this. Ah. Well, either parliament is sovereign or it isn't. In the British Constitution, parliament is sovereign. Yeah. Um, if Parliament is sovereign, Parliament can bind, can decide to bind, bind the hands. It doesn't matter whether uh, the Prime Minister countenances it or not. She has a preference. Uh, she might do everything she can to avoid it, but she can't. She she can't. She can't rule it out. It's uh, <laughs> Parliament is sovereign. If Parliament isn't sovereign, which is what She's seems saying. to be the, the implication of this, then yeah, we're having a we're having a a, a very Brexit coup. Um, Wow. Yeah, I mean, I made a, I made, a, I made a little list here <laughs> because I always worry that I'm being hysterical, you know, mm. an alarmist about these things, you know, and and some people, some people I know say I am, and you know, I do, I do take that on board. I do, you know, I do worry about it. So I've got a little list here, um, which I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go through mm. of the evidence that there's something really very deeply deeply wrong going on here. He's picked up his iPad, listeners. I have. So we have constitutional conventions being trashed on yeah. individual ministerial responsibility, which I admit it was going away anyway, but it's gone now. Collective cabinet responsibility has absolutely gone. Uh, the Sewell Convention on uh, requiring the consent of devolved parliaments for changing their powers has gone. Constitutional acts, like the Scotland Act, have been ignored. The primacy of parliaments undermined, ignored, and opposed, op- actively opposed by the government... Henry VIII's clauses. We've forgotten about Henry VIII's clauses. We've forgotten about the withdrawal bill yeah. <laughs> containing Henry VIII's yeah. clauses that gave ministers absolutely unprecedented powers. Mm. And I, I mean, there was one amendment. Now, can I get this right? There was one amendment that was to, to um, that they could only that they could only use it when it it seemed was it something like it seemed, that it was reasonable a reasonable <laughs> yeah. measure. You, know, you have to put into law. You have to put into fucking law that ministers should consider something I reasonable hate before British doing law. it. And I hate Jesus. English law, and I hate. Oh. Jesus, ministers and all the stuff we've gone through so far. Ministers lying with impunity. Um, I mean, the uh, telling uh, absolute porkies to select committees about uh, the existence or otherwise of uh, impact assessments and lots of others. Uh, government using control of parliamentary time and procedure to close down debate, which I did in this case. Uh, the primacy of a two-year-old will of the people above literally every everything else. I mean, May said that there were no circumstances in which uh, in which Brexit could be stopped. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Diabolical. <laughs> yeah. un- under no circumstances. Yeah. So, you know, that, that rules out everything. Um Cowed, ineffective opposition, too scared to provide genuine opposition, constantly repeated meaningless and, or untrue mantras, and a compliant, enabling press and state broadcaster repeating them. I mean, this is scary. When I wrote this down, I was like, oh, holy shit, this is actually even worse than well, I there, thought it was, it So there, there was a nutter on James O'Brien's um, radio show, um, I think it was today or yesterday, who, when, I, when he was asked outright, would you rather we sort of drive into a burning building would you, than, than stop? 
He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we even, if, even, even if we had to drive into a burning building, we should still go ahead and do this. It's the will of the people. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's, that's a UKIP nutter on, on, on a talk show. But this is the government. No, will not countenance having her hands tied by, by the parliament, regardless of what happens. Regardless. Yeah. That's, she she I mean, sounds like a UKIP nutter on a radio phone-in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They've actually, uh, actually slightly worse than this. Tom Newton Dunn reported uh, that number 10, said, number 10 said, quote, We've been in a, we have to be in a position to honour the result of the referendum in all circumstances. Yeah. So, even, so even the Sun's political journalist and a whole range of political commentators and journalists are looking at this and sort of like you're getting tweets from them saying, oh, my God. Oh, wow. Holy, fuck. Oh, holy shit. No, now it's really going to kick off. <laughs> so we're in deep shit here. I think we're in deep constitutional shit. We are deep in a constitutional crisis, in my view. See, my, my first take, and again, my first take is always wrong, but my first take was, <laughs> well, if if this takes away Parliament's ability to come in and be the grown-up, and take over. That means we've now lost a route to uh, people's say, uh, people's vote, final say, referendum, mm. which for me is our only way out of this entire mess. Which means that now Brexit's going to happen, and oh my God, we're doomed. Was that premature? Yeah, I think so. Because there's firstly, I mean, there's two things here. Firstly, the Lords might put it back, mm-hmm. um, and I think I've, I've, I've seen some traffic. On that, saying that the, from from people involved on Twitter, saying that that they'll, I mean that they'll uh, they'll actually propose the grieve amendment mm. as as their as their response to this. Um, so so it might still it might still win through. Um, is the 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 first thing, and the second thing is there's always the route of amending the motion. There'll still be a motion, mm. whatever happens. There'll there'll be a motion on the withdrawal agreement, and that can be amended to put conditions on the to put conditions on the ratification of it. So, yeah. um, so no, no, I think there's, there's, there's still a route All right. um, and there's still months to, uh, to change minds about this yeah. as well. Yeah. I think the, the worrying thing is that there might not, <laughs> that there might not be enough people who want to do that. will ever change their mind no matter how much public opinion changes no matter what i mean the worrying yeah. thing for me was this this absolute prim- primacy given to mm-hmm. to will the people and you saw it again on the you saw it again on the eea amendment day i mean all of the amendments in all of the amendments have mm-hmm. been a total proxy for leave and remain yeah. which is is a, is a is a dreadful way to go about it it's yeah. dreadful to think that only remainers wanted the yeah. eea yeah um, shocking! Is it? Well, I mean, that's, it, that's absolutely ridiculous. We know for a fact that there were a whole bundle of levers. Some, some, nobody's some talking about leaving the single market, but they're very, you know very very clearly people who campaigned to campaigned to leave on the on on the basis of uh, of of joining joining the EEA. So, yeah. I mean, for so the idea that that that, uh, that there's only one true Brexit. I mean, this, it, it's these things that. that <laughs> Make me make me worry that we're in the the middle of a very slow moving coup here, you know. Well, um, that there's only that there's only one true Brexit. That it would, I mean, we saw fucking scenes in the Commons Day of people saying that it would be a betrayal of the vote to vote yeah. for the customs union. I mean, for yeah. fuck's sake, we we are among oh. you know we are among 
very, very seriously deranged faith-based lunatics. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, come on. I'll be absolutely honest with the listeners here. I only had a relatively vague understanding of what the customs union was before the vote, before the referendum. I'll be absolutely honest about it. I knew there was one. I knew vaguely what it did. I didn't know the absolute, you know, I didn't yeah, know. I'm the still, end I think I'm still there, actually. That's still where I am. Yeah, yeah. And, and to pretend I, that the kind of people, I mean, every time you go out and do a Vox Pop, why did you vote leave? Every time. You won't find, you will not find a Vox Pop with some person off the street saying why they voted leave who will give you the same answer or give you an answer that isn't something just literally just hat stand. Like, yeah. well, I didn't want any more Muslims or. Yeah, well, they, you know, they closed down our chippy or, you know, something. I mean, you cannot seriously expect anybody to believe you when you say, well, this is what people voted for. So there's only we one would be betraying, there's yeah, there's We would be betraying the people who voted. You know, you're betraying people who voted for Brexit if you don't deport every single Muslim in the country. I mean, you know. And we thought, but we thought a, a really appalling you're not going to do. We had really appalling stuff, I think, from both sides, as well, from from conservatives and from the opposition side, um, saying that the saying that the vote was about ending freedom of movement. Now, whenever I whenever I've said that uh, that leave you know, whenever I've even implied that leave voters were trying to reduce immigration or were uh, against freedom of movement, people come down like a ton of bricks on me saying. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. No, of course we're not. That, that was nothing to do. That was nothing to do with it. You know, it was about sovereignty, and it was just you know. And so we've had this. I mean, this bonkers stuff mm. of people saying that there's there's only one. You know, the, there can only be the one true Brexit, which is whatever they just thought of. But you know? but I tell you what, though, one thing has depressed me more than anything else over, over this whole thing the last couple of days, and, the, and and that is that there does seem to be consensus over one thing which is that everybody seems to believe that it's about restricting freedom of movement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> and that is so depressing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's incredibly depressing. The, the great... What, you know, pro potentially, probably the greatest gift that the EU yeah. has given us. Yeah, Absolutely. Really, and you can't find a single one of these fuckers to stand up in Parliament and defend it. But it's very, very. This is very, very typical of of, of the British attitude towards this. That they think the freedom of movement is only about people coming to the UK. They don't think people genuinely. I don't think believe. They don't even think about it's, it. it it's, it's ever potentially about them. But even if or, it was just that, it would still be a fucking massive gift to the country. Even if it yeah, was yeah, just yeah, that. absolutely. But of course, yeah, but nobody, it isn't yeah, just but nobody, that. Nobody, nobody, nobody will sell immigration, though, will they? But I mean, we, but why not? Why? Why well, won't these fuckers sell immigration? I don't know. It's it's an it's an app because it's too easy politically. It's just too easy not to. I mean, we have absolute proof that wages are not reduced, and we still have people. Somebody in the I, I can't remember who it was. Somebody was still talking about the wages, the the immigration driving yeah. down wages. Yeah, people are still talking about that, and there's absolute empirical evidence that it, that it doesn't. It's been doesn't it's do been exploded that. a million times, and yet you know. And when it does, you won't it's find anybody. Of, and when it does, it's because of, it's because of companies uh, companies or employers acting illegally, or it's because there wasn't a posted workers directive, which there's about mm. to be. 
those are the only those are the only times that it is. So, so I mean, okay, let's 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 be let's be fair. Um, I don't think the SNP are taking that line, and I I, I know that, that Caroline Lucas is the only Green M- MP. She's not taking that line. The but, SNP are taking the opposite line. The SNP yeah. are taking the line that is a positive benefit. And I think the I, I'm I'm not sure where the Lib Dems are on this. Actually, I'm not sure. But for for damn sure, I I, don't, I can't think of any. Um, Labour or, or, or Tory MP, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't think of any Labour or Tory MP who stood up in the House of Commons and made the case for immigration and freedom well, of movement. Well, I have to say, Anna Subri did today. Anna Subri made a positive case for immigration today. Okay, good. Well, that's, you know, good for her. Uh, are Labour MPs for anti-freedom of movement going to replace the international with the domestic? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. You thought of that Thank one you. before, didn't you? Oh, very good. I did very think good. of that one before. I was going to tweet it, but I thought it was too, too subtle. It was better in person. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's, there's, it's incredible that nobody will, that nobody will make the case. The, the economic case is so clear, but it comes down. It's really uh, we know the statistics on this. We know the people who are most against immigration are people in the areas with the least immigration, yeah. uh, and it comes down to this kind of uh, oh god, I'm sure Ian Dunty. <laughs> I'm quoting Ian Dunty. It's the it's the legitimate concerns, isn't it? Mm. The, the legitimate concerns of people speaking Polish on a bus yeah. <laughs> and you being upset by it and you thinking that, that means that you can't go and see your doctor. Um, I mean, geez, this, this is, it's, it's, really, it's really, really outrageous. And the pandering to it is really, from both sides, I really think is absolutely disgraceful. And the, the continued repeating of the, the, that it drives down, drives down salaries, I think, is, drives down wages, I think, is, is really, really an absolute... An absolute disgrace, you know. It's really an absolute disgrace. So, what do you think? Do you think? Um, what, I mean, what, what's your sense now? See, I, I was last week, uh, if you recall, I was feeling quite optimistic, and I was feeling, you know, what? You're bouncy. I'm beginning yeah. to see. I'm beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel here, and I think we might, we might actually, we might actually defeat this thing. I mean, the whole thing's coming off the rails. They're all. It's all falling apart. I mean, these last two days have really depressed me, actually. Um, and even if this um, f- this final, this um, meaningful vote um, amendment gets back in, I'm beginning to sort of, I'm beginning to despair of our um, parliamentarians, frankly. Uh, because yeah, no, as somebody I mean, said I, today, I, I, as somebody said today, even if it does get back in, even if Parliament does end up having the final say on all of this, well, since when... Since when do we seriously think that a majority of Parliament is actually going to give us a, a sensible outcome here? If, if government can't, why should Parliament? You can take a horse to water, but you can't make it reasserted sovereignty. <laughs> that's a good line. <laughs> but I th- well, I think that. But I think the danger that's the da- the real danger we have is of no deal. Mm. I think we're on a possible course for no deal. I mean, we've made no progress on Northern Ireland. Another council is going to come and go. I mean. I don't know if you've looked, but I looked at the council agenda and Brexit mm-hmm. isn't even on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brexit is not even on the June council agenda yet. I mean, maybe, so it's obviously going to be relegated to a, a, an, item over, an item over dinner, you know, if that. Mm. Um, so I, I think we're in a, I think we're in a, there's a real possibility of a no deal happening. And also, I mean, it has to be said that, um, Unless you have confidence that Parliament would uh, enforce the uh, enforce uh, the government to ask for an extension or, or to or to revoke Article Fifty, 
then it doesn't really matter whether it has the power to do it or not. You know, which of the the, the pretty grim thing. I mean, I, I I redid. Do you remember my table that I did comparing UK and EU democratic oh, yes, accountability? Yeah. I saw that you'd redone that. Yeah, I redid it. I thought it was it needed a refresh because a lot's changed, including the Spitzenkandidat and all sorts of other things. But of course, it ended up being a lot. Um, longer and um, didn't all fit in one page, uh, so it wasn't a very neat little graphic. But anyway, I, I, I redid it. You have to update it for the end of parliamentary democracy in the UK, as well. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> a silver lining in all of this. Yeah, well, a silver lining in all of this is that I think people are really paying attention to this now, and they're actually beginning to. So I think that you've. Do you? Do you I do. That? Well, I mean, okay. What do we? We're talking to a Twitter echo chamber. But compared to 10 years ago, I remember when I was, I mean, from what, okay, more than 10 years ago, when I was a student uh, and, and first becoming politically interested, uh, do you remember that it was, who was it? Was it Char- Charter 88? It was the, the people who oh. were campaigning for a, yep. a written was, constitution. Yeah. Yep. They were kind of fringe. They were kind of fringe. They were kind of like, you know, muesli knitting sort of yak hair, <laughs> lib dems. And, you know, there was, there was not, it was not a mainstream. But I think that this has really brought this issue to the heart of UK politics. I think that it is much more widespread. I mean, I, I only really have my intuition and my Twitter echo chamber to, to go on. But uh, you really get the sense that people are beginning to see the, fa- the failings in our democracy and, and, and in our institutional setup. You know, and, and, and because they're comparing it to the way in which the EU is functioning at the EU tier. Yeah. And they're seeing that, you know what, actually, you were lying to us all along. And we can see that actually the EU does have um, democratic accountability and it is functioning. And it isn't some sort of failing super state that you told us it was. There's been a tendency for people to talk about the status quo, you know, is that, yeah. that if, we can, if, if we can remain in the EU, we'll return to the status quo. And, and nobody wants that. And actually the process has shown up. Yeah. That we don't want to return the status quo. Maybe we return the status quo in terms of the deal with the EU mm. and, and the terms and conditions of membership of the EU. But it should never be sold as, as, uh, as returning to the status no. quo. Actually, the status quo is fucked. And what this has shown up, you, you, <laughs> constitutions are not for the good times. Constitutions are for the bad exactly. times. Exactly. I mean, it's fucked on the UK side. Yeah. And what this has shown up is that our knife, which I definitely had for most of my life, certainly since I started getting interested in politics at 15 or 16. Um, I had a view that, you know, there were lots of advantages to not having a written constitution. Yeah. You know, who who would have wanted President Blair? You know, it's nice not to have to have a, 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 a president. It solves the problem. Um, it's good that it can evolve and so on and so forth. This, you know, this is politics 101 at A-level or mm. at uh, first, first semester at university stuff. Um, and it's been, I think it's been utterly shown up to be, oh, to yeah. be unfit, for, for, unfit for purpose here. And we've seen this. With, we've seen this with with Scotland. I was going to bring in bring in Scotland because I mean one yes, of the other big I things that happened that, today yeah. is that um, the uh, the S and P uh, invoked uh, sort of ancient one of one of the weird ancient rules of the uh, of the House of Commons that you can ask for a private. Uh, for the for the sitting to continue in continue in private, and the idea of this is that it it, it takes up fifteen minutes while you have a vote on it. There has to be a vote on it, and a vote takes fifteen minutes. So it's a way of delaying or obstructing. Um, but it's in the it's in it's in the it's in the rule book, and I won't go into whether the the the, the speaker was right or wrong in their their their, their reaction to it. Um, and then 
the leader of the SP in the Commons was uh, was chucked out because he wouldn't retake his retake his seat, um, and the rest of the SNP uh, walked out. Yeah. And the reason they did this is because a constitutional convention has been torn up. Yeah, the Sewell Convention, which is a convention that uh, devolve uh, changes to the devolved pow- powers of devolved parliaments uh, have to be given consent by uh, the devolved, par- devolved parliament itself. Yeah, and the Scottish Parliament refused to give this consent, and it did it with every uh, every party other than the Conservatives. Yeah. It wasn't just an SNP thing; it nope. was Lib Dems, the Greens, and uh, and Sco- and Labour Labour members. Yeah, it was an emphatic majority, wasn't it? Mm. So it was an absolutely emphatic majority that um, the withdrawal bill does take powers which, in the Scotland Act, are uh, are non-reserved powers and therefore go to the Scottish Parliament. Uh, and there's been uh, massive toing to- and toing and froing about this, and the Scottish Parliament has not has not been not been satisfied mm. by this. And that is, it is a constitutional convention uh, that 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 consent is required, and the government's gone ahead without it. They've just gone fuck it, fuck the constitutional convention. Because in the Miller case, the constitutional convention was found to be just that; it was only a convention, and it wasn't justiciable, um, it wasn't legally enforceable. And the government's gone, oh, it's not legally enforceable. Well, you know what? Fuck them. Yeah. We'll go ahead with it anyway. Yeah. Plus, as we talked about with using the ridiculous lack of the ridiculous lack of time to close down debate, there was only fifteen minutes given to discuss this, the amendment on this. Um and most of that was taken up by the government speaking about it. Um so now if you had a written constitution that yeah. in, that enshrined that, there yeah. would be something you could do about exactly. it. But basically I mean, whatever you think about it, whether you think it was a, uh, whether you think it was a stunt, or whether you think it was pointless, or whether you think it was stupid, or whether you think it, it reflected well on them or reflected badly on them, there was virtually nothing else they could do. No. They could have a debate on it, but the debate would be the debate would be irrelevant, and the government might not even turn up for the debate. Um, there's no actual requirement for them to. No. Um, so it would have been absolutely pointless. So there's nothing in this in these circumstances where the constitution is being. I mean, and the devolution. Uh, acts are constitutional docu- constitutional acts. Yeah. The constitution is being changed against the consent, against a constitutional convention, well, and there's nothing anybody can do you were about just it. Talking, the government's just going, yeah, fuck it, let, yeah, we'll just do it, well, fuck them. You were just talking about an executive coup. So you know, we're, look, we're, looking at, <laughs> we're looking at an executive coup, but also we're looking at a centrist coup. We're looking yeah. at a coup by central government um, who are... Well, <laughs> clearly, ripping away powers from the nations from from from, from the nations of the United Kingdom mm. um, without con- without their consent. In fact, in the and face the of consent- their express dissent. And this is the important thing. Even if you don't think it's a power grab, and I definitely do think it's a massive, oh, without power a doubt, grab. it's a power grab. I, without a doubt. But even if you don't, it doesn't matter. The convention is the consent of the Scottish Parliament, and, yeah. the, and the and the Scottish Parliament has, has expressly, and by a vast majority, withheld consent. It is um, it is English Westminster exceptionalism once again, but it is also the exceptionalism of government and Whitehall. It's not the you know it, it, it's it's a fucking disgrace. It really it it. It's it's extremely depressing. It's extremely worrying. Um, you know what, Scotland, just get out, 
Seriously. Seriously. Honestly. You know, I'm begging you as an Englishman, just, you need to get out of this. You know, we- take the, take, take the lifeboat. <laughs> Save yourselves. Yeah, save yourself while you can. Really. Seriously, I mean, and and you'd be doing you'd be doing the the rest of England, uh, the rest of the UK, a solid. You really would, because I can't see how we are going to. We need we need some kind of crisis, some kind of national crisis to to to, to start to address these very serious constitutional flaws that we have that are uh, heading in a, in a very very dire dire direction. I mean, I'm, no, I'm, no, no, absolutely. And I mean, I've always, I've always said, I've said all along, you know, that uh, no deal is a, no deal is an absolute. It would bring this back to to, to Brexit here. That, you know, no deal is an absolute catastrophe, and we, you know, Remainers mustn't wait, mustn't wish for this because it's such a high risk, yeah. it's such a massively high risk strategy, yeah. um, because the damage would be so bad. And you, but you, <laughs> God, you begin to think if. If the government, if the government is going to, ru- you know, rule out having its hands tied to attempt, and it is only attempt, remember as well. I mean, there's no guarantee that Parliament's intervention would actually cause no deal to be avoided. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, as uh, a certain, <laughs> as a certain very well-respected popular commentator on Twitter says, you know, we will leave the European Union by uh, automatic by, process of law, automatic process of automatic process of law. Um, no matter what, no matter what Parliament, automatic operation. Of no matter what yeah. Parliament says, mm. unless unless something unless something happens. Um, but you know, if if uh, there yeah. we go. I'm done. Anyway, the the Lords might reinsert the amendment. Uh, there are still routes open uh, for uh, for having a pe- for having a people's vote. But the, but every day that passes, the chance of no deal goes up goes up dramatically, and I, th- I think people are very lackadaisical about what no deal means, you know, and there is this uh, this sort of British attitude that it'll all be all right in the end, and it'll all come mm. together in the end, and all that. <sighs> not, well, in, not in this case. You can't, well, look, I mean, on no deal, I mean, I I also, in, in my heart of hearts, believe that at the last minute, Something will happen to avert a no deal situation for all sorts of. You reasons. know what I think I might think, happen. You know, we'll I, be put into th- special th- measures right at the end, and it, something will be I, done. But I think I think council might openly offer it. Yeah, and council might just op- might just openly offer an extension. Like you know, you need you need yeah, you, we, you yeah. need saving. We let's let us save you from yourselves. Yeah, I mean, I, before, I just think like, that, like, you know, a, like a, a friend performing an intervention. <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, I think so. I think that's. I think I can't help feeling that that's got to be on the cards, and people have got to be thinking about that because just the concept of a no deal. I mean, it, it obviously it's so much worse for the UK, but it's just a catastrophic. So, I, but you know, how dare our leaders take that for granted and use that as somehow some kind of leverage or blackmail? I mean, it's just it's just disgraceful. It, it is such a dereliction of their responsibility to their to the people that rely upon that. I mean, it's it, oh, really, it really is. Yeah. It, it makes me really fucking angry. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, it really does. And emotional. No, no, that they would just sacrifice people, people's lives, people's jobs, people's it, livelihoods. It makes me 
or just sacrifice it. It doesn't fucking matter. You know, it doesn't, it's just a game to them. It doesn't fucking matter. People don't matter. I'm feeling kind of tired and yeah. emotional at this point, actually. Drunk, you mean? Yeah, you but call also, this the also, episode where we drink. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I mean, maybe it's the drink. I am. I'm feeling quite emotional. I'm, I'm not in a not in a not in a good way. Not in a not that, in a Las Vegas way. But what I was going to talk about is the, the, this idea that persists. I mean, mm. so many, so many. God, all we, almost all we talk about is sort of myths that persist. Mm. But I have to say that the, under, the understanding of the issues that's been on display in the comments over the last two days is just I really... Mean, and and my, my respect for certain people. So you were talking about Sir Socks. So let, um, should we talk about I, that? Yeah, yeah. So there's this... Well, there's two things. I mean, this idea that by giving up, by... by Giving the uh, giving needing a negotiating mandate or needing instructions, or by Parliament attempting to rule out no deal, in some way that that the UK's negotiating position is ruined by this. You know that the, the yeah. leverage that the UK has is walking away. It's so. Sake, this, I mean, this is just again we come back to the kind of poker analogy. Everybody thinks it's it's like buying a car or like poker. You know, it's puerile. Where, it's illiterate. And, and yeah, so well, Christopher fucking Meyer should know better. I mean... Yeah, normally when you're negotiating an agreement, you ha- you already have a, a status quo agreement, uh, which, you're all, which you're all living with, you know? Um, I was so shocked without, to see... I was really shocked to see it from him, actually. I, really I mean, was. I, he's, not, he's, not someone, he's not someone I routinely agree with. He's not some lunatic... Uh, but he has some authority bre- and he has exactly. experience, you know? Um that's an astonishing thing to say. It was absolutely astonishing because the 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 state of the state of quo does not persist if there's no deal. This is the key point. If you go into a car dealership to buy a car and you don't manage to come to an you try to haggle it and you don't come to an agreement, you walk out and you get back into the car that you had. Yeah, you don't go back and, out and set fire to it and say, right, that's no, it. I've set fire to my car. I've set fire. Yeah. Fuck, fuck you, car dealership. I've set light to my car. In what way does that give you any fucking leverage over the car dealership? Quite the opposite. Quite, quite the fucking opposite. And the point is that, as we both know, in negotiations, when somebody says, I totally see your point on that, I see the position that you're in, I, hmm. sympath- you know, I have sympathy with your position here, but I will never get that through back home. Yeah. That... When it's when it's plausible and when it's true, is take is 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 accepted exactly by, that helps is accepted you. by the other side. It hel- it helps you. You can say, look, look, I totally we we you, we've totally, used it all the time. I mean, I have yeah, personally. I've used it. I've used it how course, many yeah. times I've have used I used the European Parliament in a negotiating context? Like, listen, we hear what you say, but you've got to understand. You know, we've got stakeholders. We back can home. live with that. The European but, Parliament will never let me do that. You've got to understand yeah. the parliament is on my neck and they will never let me do that. How many times have I used that? Yeah, I've used that as well. Absolutely. And uh, also, you have to say that uh, the commission having a, a, a fixed negotiating mandate from council and having to get it, the deal uh, agreed by council and having to get it through the European parliament hasn't done them any fucking harm so far in negotiations, <laughs> no. has it? Well, it was what we were talking about the other week, wasn't it? Where yeah. I was like... Oh, well, this is great. No, it was last week. It was a toy in the context yeah. of the uni- Labour's unicorn amendment. So I think, well, this is great because now they're, you know, they'll be tired and they have to. No, um, no, you're thinking. Frankly, your the, boss frankly, was hat on the Chris UK's, you- 
frankly, the UK has tried negotiating without <laughs> negotiating guidelines and without having to get it through Parliament, <laughs> yeah. and it's failed. So let's try the other route now. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Who, who, yeah. But these, so, yeah, I mean, the, really, these, it's amazing the lawmakers with, exp- with exp- you know, experienced lawmakers, uh, with research teams, uh, with access to information, you know, are, are, so, are so blind to these really fucking basic stuff, you know? It's like... And it really mm. came out, it's really come out over the last, over the last two days. I mean, the other one is that the, uh, one of the justifications for the Labour Amendment was that uh, an EEA-type solution is incompatible with, uh, with, being in the, with being in a customs union as well. Michelle Barnier said yesterday that uh, the, the, the two are compatible, that they could find a way to mm. do it. Um, so it's just, you know, untrue. And then Corbyn repeated that again. He, re- he repeated mm. that again tonight. Um, even after the chief negotiator on the other side had said, no, that would be fine. That's a solution. Mm. In fact, he said that's the only solution to frictionless borders. Yeah. I mean, then nobody's listening. They're not, they're not, nobody, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's listening to the people who are actually negotiating with and who. Yeah, I mean, this is entirely. They're just all too busy negotiating with themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got, you know, pay any got, attention to the job that they're actually supposed to be doing. And what have we got? We've got five months to go. Five months to go till there has to be an agreement. Yeah. Jesus. So I think I, I'm very, very worried about No Deal. Um, uh, and very, very worried about what happens if there's No Deal. And I'm worried that the parliament wouldn't be sensible enough and the government wouldn't be sensible enough to try and head off No Deal. So I, I, think, we have the, I think we have the serious possibility of us meandering, you know, kind of pseudo-accidentally into a no-deal. Yeah. Well, listen... Um, can, and the government sh- doing it essentially to prove a point. Shall I give you a little unicorn chaser? Mm. Ah, yeah, let's have a unicorn chaser. We All right, that. well, a little unicorn chaser. Have a look at um, Andrew Duff's Twitter feed. So Andrew Duff is um, a former Liberal Democrat member of the European Parliament, and he is a uh, very prominent... European Federalist. So Andrew Andrew is a very prominent member of the um, ALDE, the Alliance of Liberals and Democrats. I mean, what do they call themselves? ALDE. I, can't, I always think of them as ALDE. But anyway, they're the, they're the group in the European Parliament that's the sort of centre, Lib Dem sort of group. And Verhofstadt is, is, is one of them. And um, Andrew Duff is somebody who has been a very outspoken and prominent um, federalist member of the European movement. I uh, was very influential. I think he was involved for the European Parliament in the um, Lisbon Treaty. And I mean, anyway, he's, he's a... He's, he's a former president of the Union of European Federalists. Actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why Chris loves him. Oh, yeah. I love him. He's great. But listen, um, he's been sort of dropping all sorts of interesting um, hints um, in, in his Twitter feed about where he thinks this is all going to go and what we're going to end up with. <laughs> and I have, I have no idea where he's getting this from or whether he's projecting or whether it's wishful thinking or whether he has some but kind he of insight. Thinks, but I mean, he, think, he thinks Ukraine's a possibility, though, no? Yeah, but no, no, he doesn't. I mean, he thinks an, an association agreement, but not a Ukraine style. It will be something a bit different. Okay. And it will be... It, it basically, it, it, what he's saying is that there will be some sort of bespoke arrangement. Well, we know it will be bespoke in some way if, if there is an arrangement. But it would be it would have an interesting balance of, of rights and obligations. Um, that he would, does think free uh, movement can be renegotiated. As well, well he he's got all sorts which of you can't, which you can't. Well, you know, I mean, it he be, is actually. somebody who is no, and shouldn't be. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm just saying, as a unicorn chaser, just have a look at his Twitter feed. 
because Christ knows he's a lot more optimistic than we are. <laughs> yeah. And he's I not, think, he's not, he's not somebody that you can ignore. Someone, maybe, maybe. No, he's not someone, no, maybe he's not, definitely not someone. Cannot ignore no, him. No, he's definitely always worth, he's absolutely always worth reading. Very, very much so. I wouldn't say that he's someone you can ignore. Quite the, quite he the must opposite. be taken seriously. And he, so, uh, he's you know. also got a marvellous tweet here. Sam Lowe, who we love, love Samuel, at Samuel Mark Lowe, who we love, the trade expert. Mm. Who now works for CER. Yeah, he counts for European Forum, yeah. Yeah. Had tweeted, which I think I'd retweeted actually, no deal never worked as a credible threat because it's unbelievably stupid. And although the EU isn't particularly enamoured with us at the moment, they don't think we're unbelievably stupid. Anthony Duff has retweeted this saying, actually, EU policy is that the UK is unbelievably stupid. Which I think at this point is probably true. <coughs> Uncontroversial. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of unbelievably stupid, do you think we should... Right, that's all we speak of. Do yeah. you think we should do Lie of the Week? Lie of the Week. We've already had Lie of the Week. The Lie of the Week was the no, lie... No, 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 no. Tere- The Lie of the Week was the, the lie that Theresa May told wait, the Tory rebels. Wait for it. Wait for uh, it. That was- okay, cue the, cue the music. I don't believe you. Liar. Okay, so I've got two candidates for Lie the Week this week. But I have to tell you my approach now. I I, I hope nobody thinks that I'm actually sitting here taking uh, a detailed and comprehensive inventory of lies. I'm not. I'm just chucking a dart at Twitter. What? <laughs> I'm just chucking a dart what? at Twitter, and wherever that dart lands, I thought that's you were my like Lie of the Week. I thought you were like Infacts. I thought you were a lie-checking service. <laughs> I thought you had a, a database. I know what you like as well. You love a spreadsheet. I thought you'd have a spreadsheet with them all, with links to them. And stuff. I'm fundamentally lazy, but even if I were, <laughs> even if I weren't fundamentally lazy, <laughs> I still wouldn't be able to keep up with all the lies. So rather than even attempt it, I just sit and wait. And then when I think, oh, you know what? I better check on lie of the week. I just chuck a dart at Twitter and wherever it lands, that's my lie of the week. So here we go. Like, what do you do with your two and a half hour lunch breaks? You could be doing this in the two and a half hour lunch break. Oh, yeah, 80 days of holiday. Yeah, it's fake news. Um, guess guess what? We, we retired this guy. We retired his shirt. We gave him a lifetime achievement award and sent him yeah. sent him off. But he's back. He's come back for a, um, a, a return gig. Um, dun, dun, uh, yet dun. another final farewell tour. We we wish it were a farewell tour. But more farewell tours than the fucking Rolling Stones. This one. Um, Go on, you do Jacob Rees-Mogg. There is no need for customs checks at Dover because <laughs> the delays won't be at Dover. They'll be at Calais because mm-hmm. the French will have to conduct checks under EU law, EU, EU law, but the UK doesn't because we'll have taken back of our control of our borders and so we don't have to do anything if we don't want to. No, no, of course. So... So it was a multiple lies again. Yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's, an, he's a skilled artist at this because he always manages to squeeze several lies into a very short tweet. Well, this is a, this is a close cousin of the we'll keep the Northern Ireland border, we, we'll keep our side of the Northern Ireland border invisible, it's up to the other side what yeah, they do. Yeah, because we don't yeah. care breaching WTO law and having every WTO member take us to court for breaching the MFN principle. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Rhys Mogg is saying, well, what I particularly enjoyed about this was the delays aren't going to be at Dover. The delays are going to be at Calais. 
So, which is fine, of course, because if, if you're yeah. standing, you know, so what, if you're queuing to get into the doctors <laughs> and it's sort of 7 a.m. on a rainy morning in Slough and the surgery opens at 8 and there's already sort of 20 you know, old people and pregnant ladies standing in the queue in front of you in the pouring rain, um, whether you're standing outside the gate of the surgery or whether you're <laughs> curved right around the building and across the road and down the other street, doesn't matter which side of the road you're on. You're still queuing to get into the fucking doctor's surgery. Yeah. So I don't know what Jacob Rees-Mogg is thinking here, but if a lorry containing radioactive isotopes for cancer treatments or um, perishable goods is stuck in a traffic jam in Dover or in Calais, makes no fucking difference. You're still not going to get your cancer drugs. What really struck me about this one is the idea that Jacob Rees-Mogg doesn't want lorries checked for illegal immigrants. <laughs> he doesn't want he, he he doesn't want the UK to check any more lorries for illegal immigrants. There should be no checks. There should be unilaterally no checks. A moratorium. It's like a moratorium the whole... on lorry yeah. checks for illegal yeah. immigrants. We don't want yeah. any controls on our borders. Because that's what we took back control for. Yeah. We have taken yeah. back control so that we can't have any controls. That, yeah. That's 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 what we want. No controls. Yeah. We've left, it, left the Customs Union control. to ensure frictionless borders. Anyway, let, let's move swiftly on because, you know. Um, so, no, Lie of the Week, obviously, is um, the what we strongly suspect is a lie told by the Prime Minister to her own backbenchers. I must apologise. I hadn't actually read down the entire uh, programme uh, program sheet here. So. No, I mean, we have obviously I should, already... I should tell, we should tell... We can give listeners an insight here. We, actually, we should tell listeners that Chris... Every week, Chris, uh, Chris produces a beautiful uh, programme sheet. And then... And every week, you, know, sort of you don't read four it. Minutes, four, minutes be, four minutes before we, we start, I read it. Um, but I did actually contribute to this or one. Not. It's just that I didn't... Uh, I didn't read the whole thing that Chris had written, so I'm sorry about that. Sorry, Chris. Uh, I do not accept your apology. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, uh, um, look, (laughs) you're putting me off. I can't countenance you accepting my apology. (laughs) The lie of the week, without a doubt, is the lie that we all suspect the Prime Minister has committed uh, has perpetrated upon her backbenchers where she... Uh, well, actually, do you know what? Maybe it isn't the lie of the week. Maybe the lie of the week is the lie that these backbenchers, these rebels, told themselves when they said, oh, no, that'll be fine. No, 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 we've got to trust. See, I trust our Prime Minister to honour the undertaking she gave. That's Anna Subri. Anna, look, you are, without a shadow of a doubt, my favourite Tory at the moment, but I suspect that's a lie. You, you trust your Prime Minister to honour the undertaking that she gave? Really? You're not that stupid, Anna. No, but I, I, like I said before, I think you have, to, you have to accept that they start from that position. She says no, that, mean, but does she really think that? No, she doesn't. You're right. Yeah. She can't come on, possibly. Come on. All the, all, all the evidence to the contrary. Seriously. She can't You've possibly really. You've really got a question. No. So I think that's got to be a lot of the week, hasn't it? Surely. Yeah, no, I think so. Well, I think those are two, two spectacular lives of, of the week. Other lives um, are available. Other lives are available. And, and 
available in abundance, it has to be said. So, I think we should probably call it a night on this fucking shit show. Yeah. And sorry for all the, sorry for all the, I'm really sorry for all the swearing, but I really think it, I really think in this case it's justified. Uh, yeah. Um, because we are up to our elbows in a constitutional crisis in my No, in my I think this is actually, opinion. this is, you're right. This, this is a, a very serious constitutional crisis, whether you're remotely interested in Brexit or not. Actually, that we are, that what it's doing is it's showing. And whichever side for, of the Brexit divide yeah. you're on, frankly, not that I think we have many leave voting uh, uh, listeners. But I don't think it's important. I, don't, I, I genuinely don't think it's important which side of the which side of the divide. Well, without a shadow of a doubt, a lot of the people on the Leave side of the equation were this another issue would be absolutely up in arms about what's happening. But um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, very, very much uh, so. It's a, it's a very serious situation, and it's yeah. I have no clue where it's all heading and how how, how we can come out of it, but. Well, what I no me neither. But what I do know is is, is continuing with Brexit to its possibly utterly cast- catastrophic conclusion is not going to help us fix this. No. So doing something about doing something <laughs> that's not going to help. I think doing something about this is the potential first step. Doing something about Brexit is the potential first step well, on this I, because it is not going. Yeah, it's not going to help. I see no reason for people to cancel their tickets to go to the march on the twenty third of June. Quite the fucking opposite, yeah. actually. Quite the opposite. If, if I mean, pe- M- M- I can't emphasize this enough, actually. M- MPs need to see that this snapshot of the will of the people that we had a couple of years ago uh, loses legitimacy yes. with, with every day and every relevant... We haven't even talked about the Russians, huh? No, exactly. There, were, there you go, there was another one. Christ. There was the whole bloody yeah, Aaron Banks and... Just, oh, we Jesus. Yeah, we haven't, talked about the, we haven't talked about the Russians. Jeez. They, oh. I knew that there was some stuff. That, I mean, what a, what a week. <laughs> it's literally, you can't remember where we started. I mean, it seems like ancient history that Boris Johnson did his whole... It's true, it's like dog years. Brexit, Brexit, Brexit week for like dog years, yeah. you know? Yeah. Week for months, yeah. um, but time's running. Time's running out, and this negotiation between, you know, between ourselves in the UK is uh, has to has to stop. <laughs> there has to be a proper negotiation with the EU. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's it's more important than it's more important than ever that people turn up to the march and that uh, people show that you know they aren't going to be treated this way. That this isn't good enough. And on that bombshell, yeah. Well, thanks very much, Chris. And, uh, Thanks, Steve. I we'll mean, be back next week with more fucking insanity. What today. the hell is gonna? What the hell are we gonna be looking at this time next week? I can't even imagine. No, we know. It, it's cathartic to talk to you about it, Steve. I do. I do. Um, I do enjoy it on one level. Um, it, it it helps. It just helps. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope listeners I hope listeners get that. You know, get a bit of catharsis out of this as well. Uh, I hope. I hope. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I, I think it'll make them feel any better. Yeah, if, you're, <laughs> but, if you are feeling better as a result of what we've been talking about, then, you know, really, a word with yourself, because... <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a fucking word. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll go back to not swearing next week. Yeah. And thank you very, thank you very much, everyone, uh, for listening. And thank you, Chris, for, uh, for some catharsis. And, yeah. Uh, see you next Thanks, week. Thanks, Steve. Good night. Going up, we're going up the wrong way.